0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Live. Hello and welcome to our second podcast of the week, a bite-sized one as we look at Nottingham Forest boys from Brazil. And with that in mind, i am like to be joined by the preeminent South American football expert, Tim Vickery, today. Tim, thanks for joining me. Are you well?
0: I am, um, yeah. Yeah, very well. Looking forward to, to kicking the ball around over the next few minutes.
1: Yes, that, as I say, thank you for joining me. Um, it's not long ago that Nottingham Forest were signing some pretty terrible players and now they're signing some top players from Brazil. It's a bit of a culture shock for fans over in Nottingham, certainly. What are your thoughts, first of all, on Forest targeting the Brazilian domestic league? It's quite unusual for a club in this country to kind of bypass Ajax and the French teams, isn't
0: it? And the Portuguese teams. Yeah, no, I mean that, that that's that's been their business model. They assume the risk of bringing over from South America. Some moves don't come off, but those that do, they can then sell on to someone bigger. Um, I think probably leaving the European Union has has helped flexible, uh, make more flexible the the entry requirements. So that's one thing. But also look at Brighton. Look at how well that's working. You know, and Moses Caicedo and Alexis McAllister, especially Caicedo I thought, destroyed Liverpool the other Mm. day. And that's two that they got in very, very cheap. And Moses Caicedo cost five million. You know, it's extraordinary. Um, Because Brighton have understood that if they're going to compete with clubs with more resources, they've got to be cuter. And clearly Forrest uh, are beginning to follow the same path. You know, bring in, well, Lodi is an established player in European football already, who they've brought in. But the other two, very different players at different stages in their careers, perhaps. Scarpa and uh, and, and and Danilo. That is straight in from, from the Brazilian market. And in, in, the, in the case of Danilo, there's a sell on value there if that one goes goes very well so and part of this is some of the smaller premier league clubs trying to do what the likes of benfica and porto have done so well and i suppose this is relevant in the light of what agnelli has just said you know leaving juventus his worry that the premier league is marginalizing all the other championships in europe uh, and um, well, the, the fact that Forrest can attract Daniel is uh, um, evidence that on that at least anieli is probably right
1: um, Can you tell us a bit about Daniel obviously he seemed to be linked with some very big clubs in the Premier League and the deal didn't come off how come Forrest have managed to get the deal over the line in the t- difficult January market as well
0: I think there are two reasons before, uh, for this. Um, we can get into what type of player he is in just a minute, but two reasons that it's Forrest and not someone else. One is he just dipped second half of last year. I mean, second half of last year was was short because of the World Cup. You know, we we ended um, before the World Cup. But he, he just dipped second half of the season. Now, I think... My reading of this is it has a lot to do with his first Brazil call-up which he got in in June when they went to uh, Japan and South Korea and he didn't get got on the field and when he came back he, he, he wasn't he didn't look the same player
1: mm.
0: and I, I, I think and I, I could be wrong here this is just an interpretation. It, it could just be relentless football taking its toll but it could also be wow. This level is a bit it's a bit higher than I thought. And you can see that central midfielders, a lot of Brazilian central midfielders have struggled in European football. Um because the 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 defensive lines in South America and in Brazil, usually they play so much deeper. Mm-hmm. So there's much, much more space on the field, you know, for them for the, the central midfielder can, to receive the ball and then and then define what he's gonna do with it. Uh, in top level football, and this was a tendency in the World Cup as well, with the defensive lines higher than they had been in Russia uh, 2018. There isn't that space. You got to play quicker, uh, and there aren't that many Brazilian central midfielders who've adapted to that easily. So perhaps that that's something that happened with with Danilo. and I've, we've seen this with many players down the years. You know, when they they get the step up, all. Oh, not quite as good as I thought I was. It's it's a natural stage, I think, in the in the developments. The other reason I think that he's ended up at Forest and not perhaps at at all, with all due respect to uh, the twice European champions, um, and not at, at a, a, a bigger club uh, is the way that the market goes now. Because what the European clubs want to do is they want to take the South Americans as early as possible. Mm. Um, the, the Real Madrid deal for Vinicius Jr. I think is is emblematic in this because at the time when they paid what over 40 million quid for him. He was 16. He hadn't played a senior game. They had to wait until he was 18 to get him, but they bought him when he was 16. And it just this is madness. This is madness. Look at it now. Looks a fabulous piece of business. You know, You won in the Champions League. Mm. Uh, so what the European clubs want to do is buy young, get them across the Atlantic as soon as possible. That, that, that's that been the model. Now they recognize, I think that there are risks in this in terms of the human being, but in terms of the footballer, you can only gain by getting them out of Brazilian football, getting them into top level football as quickly as possible. So that's what they want to do. So, Uh, If you've reached 22 and you haven't been sold, tough. Mm. And Palmeiras, they've been burnt a couple of times. They had a couple of potential wonder kid wingers, Gabriel Verón and Wesley, been linked with everyone. Huge sums of money. Palmeiras didn't sell. And they thought, we haven't got a lot out of these players yet. Let's keep them. Let's keep them a little while. Let's keep them a year. Get another year out of them and they'll be worth more at 19 than they were at 18. Didn't happen with both of them. Mm. Mm. Both of them, you know, there were injuries or off-the-field problems. And they ended up selling Gabriel Verón to Porto for 10 euro, 10 million euros, I think. And uh, Wesley's just gone to another Brazilian club for three. Oh, wow. And, okay. that, and that, that's much, and Wesley's hit the 22 mark. That, that, uh, that's much, much less than they imagined that they were going to get. So you've got to get the timing of the move right. Yeah, you know, if they'd hung on to him for another six months, he's twenty then he's twenty two, and then you you're you're into panic mode. Maybe you're not gonna do the deal. So uh I don't think he'd have gone to Forest in the last window. Hmm. I think he might have gone to Arsenal a year ago, but Palmeiras were in the in the club world championship, the club world cup, which plays huge over here, it's massive, and they they've never won it. They hmm. wanted to win it. So there was no way they were gonna sell him then. But if they hang on to him just that little bit longer, there's a chance that they won't they won't get anything like as much. Mm. It's the way that the the, the market mm. has gone, you know. So, Forrest have got in there before he's 22. Um, they've paid a lot a lot of money for him, but less than ideally Palmeiras would have got would have got for him, and less than I think that Palmeiras definitely would have got for him maybe this time last year.
1: Mm. So
0: it's knowing that the that understanding the timing of the market. I think is a huge part of this deal.
1: So, following on from that, then, um, what kind of player is he and what are the expectations in the short and medium term? Kind of bearing in mind that, on one hand, it's very difficult to adapt to the Premier League, the pace of it, especially as a central midfielder. But on the other hand, he's got yeah. some countrymen here that, that might help him out. So, what, what are you expecting? I like him very much. Um, and, uh, well, this is, although he's
0: 21, we're not talking about a promise here, we're talking about a reality you know the last 3 seasons the first two of them Palmeiras won the libertadores south america's champions league and then last year they won the league hmm. and he was a vital player in all in all of those three so you know that's that ain't promise that, that that's reality um i wondered when he first got in the side i wondered i didn't think he was certainly defensively i didn't think he was there and it was lovely to be proved wrong. And it was great to see his development. And the coach he was working with at Palmeiras, Abel Ferreira, Portuguese, there's a, there's a little bit of a kind of young Mourinho about him. Hmm. Very good at developing players. And I think he developed Danilo really, really well. So uh, what he is, is a, he's, a, he's left-footed, lithe, central midfielder, dynamic. That dynamism, I think, is the key word. Quick, quick, quick. To see the game, quick to win the ball, quick to give the pass, quick to go. Um, you could maybe make a comparison with a player who I think has been grossly maligned by pundits and and which is Fred at Man United, hmm. who's left footed with a with a terrific engine. Hmm. Uh Danilo adds yet, I don't because I think Fred, if you let him play, and that was the problem at United, they weren't. If you let him play, I think he's he's got more in the final third than Danilo has at the moment. But what Danilo can do is win the ball, knit the play. And his passing is, is all right, and then he's on the move to, to to link up with the next phase of play, to link the game again. So he's dynamic, he's quick around the field. And I think those virtues will help him, should help him, bed in reasonably quickly to the Premier League.
1: And in terms of Scarpa, you mentioned obviously the age profile of the younger players from Palmeiras. He he's twenty nine. Yeah. What can we expect from him? Did you think the ship had sailed on him getting a big European move?
0: Well, the great thing about it is he wants to be there. You know, this isn't a player who's gone for financial reasons or anything like that. Hmm. This is a player who, and he reads books. You know, his Instagram page, his little book reviews and stuff. Yeah. You know? So I think he's one of those, one of those who's who's very culturally curious. And uh didn't want to end his career, his peak years, without this experience. So uh, you know, he's not he's not there because an agent pushed him there or anything like that. You know, he's there because he he wants to see what it's like. He wants he wants to live that. And I think that's uh, that's important. Um, that helps him bed in. I remember when he first came through, it was here in Rio with Fluminense, and at the time he was in the same side as as Richarlison. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Watford came in from Richarlison, I have to say I didn't see it. And I would talk, you know, on the on the, the underground, going to Fluminense games, I would talk to fans and I would say, Did you see it with Richarlison? and only one fan said yeah I even talked to a club director who didn't see it with Richarlison and all of them thought that Scarpa was a star and not Richarlison part of that is because he's a ball player you know he's and the left foot is lovely gorgeous left foot that he's that he's got um but for myself i didn't imagine him um in top class european football because I worried that the pace and physicality might be too much of a problem. He's he's the kind of ball player who thrives in that space between the deeper defensive lines. Um, in, in in top class European football where the lines are much closer together, the game's quicker. It's hard and, and he's not he's not physically strong. It's harder for, for a player like that to get on the ball and 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 to make to, to have an impact on the game. Um but I think he's bright, and I'll be interested to see how he works his way through this. Uh, because you no, a left foot's a wonderful thing to have from set pieces, if nothing else. You know, mm. uh, and he was in—he was in really good form last year. Played very, very well last year in the side that, that won the league. And there were, there were people pushing him for him for him to be included in, in the Brazil side. That was a bit silly. That that's the kind of home field thing, you know. They're quite bitter about the fact that so few domestically based players get in the team, and there's always a push for more domestically based players to be put in the, in in the team. Now, as with Forest, no one argues says yes, Scarpa should be in the national team. That you know that ship has sale because they're, they're not going to be seeing him every week again uh, every week now. Um, so uh, I'm intrigued to see how that one goes, um, and I, I think his best intelligence, Well, I think that the, that the two best virtues that he that he's got (coughs) uh, that he wants to be there and he's intelligent. Hmm. So I'm interested to to see how he finds a way to make himself uh, useful in the games.
1: What what have been
0: your early impressions?
1: Well, I was going to say, I think he started very well. It's funny hearing you say about the physicality. In the Premier League games, he's done really well for 45 minutes and then he's faded very dramatically. And you just wonder if the physicality has been too much for him. And I suppose the hope is that a half season of it, he adapts. And then next season, he really pushes on. I don't think he would have played as much as he had, but for a one year in Lingard getting injured, I think he would have been bedded in a little bit more, but Forest fans have certainly taken to him. I don't know if you picked that up, but he's proving very popular with his Rubik's cube and his skateboards and his his books and it, it, the way he's buying in. So yeah, I think he's he could be a cult hero if he just delivers on the yeah. pitch as well. Um, yeah,
0: it's, it's it's a lovely story. You know, you get the impression that there's an interesting human being in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not yeah a great. Certainly. Not
0: a great football watcher. Uh, uh, okay. No, he's not really into that. Into that. I think he likes doing other other stuff. You know. Mm. Um. And uh, it would be interesting to see the relationship between him, him, and the, him and the fair city of Nottingham. You know, he might he, he might come back to Brazil knowing how, how to how to make lace, for example. You
1: know I mean? <laughs> he might well do. He might well do. Um, the third player i was going to ask you about is Renan Lodi. He had a slow start at Forest, which is perhaps yeah. understandable. I think someone made a point, an uh, ex-Forest player, Lewis McGugan, on our last podcast saying he's probably used to defending one-on-one three or four times a game and playing for Forest. He's doing it. 15 and 20 times a game, but he's yeah. in tremendous form now. Does that, uh, have Forrest got a top player and do you think he could get in, back into the Brazil squad? Because he missed out on that for the World Cup and I think that was yeah, why he, he came did. here really.
0: Yeah, well, I, he, he went to Forest in a last desperate bid to try and get himself in. Hmm. Um, and he, he was in for a while at the start of World Cup qualification. Um, the way that they, they were set up was for him to go at left back and they had him bombing forward and they had Douglas Luiz of Villa basically just b- blocking the space hmm. so that that space behind him was 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 all right because by far the best side of his game is going forward by far 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 better attacking fullback than a than a defensive fullback and I I love the quality that that he, that he brings I love the left foot uh, I love the quality of crosses that he can strike in, and he can he can cut into the penalty area area as well. He's a player. Who, when he left Brazil, he left Atlético Paranense, I had really high hopes of, and I'm a little bit disappointed. I kind of expected more from him. Where did it go wrong for him with Brazil? Well, I think in two ways. One was the final of the Copa America uh, in 21. Um, against Argentina. It's the first time Brazil have lost to Copa America on home ground. Mm. It was 1-0, Di Maria got the goal, and it was his fault. And Di Maria think... made it very clear that he'd been watching, and he he, he picked out where the weakness was. Perhaps Thiago Silva, bears a little bit, wasn't covering as much. But, you know, Di Maria knew that his time would come there in that space there. So he carried the can for that a little bit. And then when they were gonna call him up start of the year for World Cup qualifiers, uh they had to go to Ecuador and uh he hadn't been vaccinated. Ah oh, okay. s- s- still the height of COVID and he hadn't been vaccinated. So Ecuador wouldn't let him in. Mm. So he, he quickly went to get himself vaccinated but it was too late. And that that was a huge mistake. It was a massive, massive mistake uh he lost his place and uh I, I still think they, they could have done with taking him to be honest on uh in the um in the insignificance of my opinion i would i would have taken him as the backup uh and that becomes pertinent because they lost the first choice you know they, and they had lots of injuries with the fallbacks um whether he gets in in the future well who knows we don't know who's going to be coaching the sides you know so there's no, absolutely no at this moment there's absolutely no idea uh, who's going to be coaching what the idea of play is. So I don't know. Um, everything's up in the air. You know, it really depends who who comes in, and it they're, they're debating for the first time really having a, having a foreign coach. Mm. Um, so I don't know, but uh, I, I would I would st- still have him. In contention, and especially now he's 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 shaken off the start up up, at Forest. Where's he? How's Steve Cooper setting up the side, and how how's he figure in it?
1: Well, interestingly, when you say about his attacking qualities, defensively he's been tremendous the last few games. He was signed as a wing back, I think, really, but he's playing in a flat back four, and he he's got Scarpa in front of him now. So with all due respect, he's not getting a huge amount of cover, but. He played against Adama Traore against Wolves and had him in his pocket. He's done very well of late. So I think Forest fans, again, have really taken to him. And I think having Scarpa there has been a big help as well, perhaps settling in, because it's probably, again, a big culture shock coming from Madrid to Nottingham and they've commented on the weather, both of them.
0: I'd always hoped that going to Atletico, working with Diego Simeone would tighten him up as a defender.
1: Hmm.
0: So maybe maybe that that's that's happened.
1: Hmm.
0: Maybe he's he's had he had he's had some benefit of working with, with Simeone at, at Atletico Madrid. Hmm.
1: Um, one final question that might be difficult for you to answer. I mean, he's on loan from Atletico Madrid. Do you think he could end up at Forest next season, or would he, uh, there's an option to buy him? But if a club comes in. There's massive. There's always ways to do that deal, and Atletico might want him back. Do you have any insight on whether he could stay well, longer? Term?
0: Are Forest in problems with potentially in problems with financial fair play? Because I saw that that was reported over here as a potential problem with the with the Danilo deal.
1: Ah, okay. I don't don't believe so. Not that we've been hearing over here. So they spent a lot of money, but they have a huge amount of TV money, and oh. their their losses were with they weren't under threat in the championship. They were they were pretty comfortable within it with some. Every club knows a way around the accounts these days, and the COVID rules were manipulated by everyone, I'm sure. So, if I think there would be enough money there, probably would, would that still make it possible then? If there is, well, yeah. So, what would he
0: want? Um, about half the Brazil squad that went to the World Cup or Premier League which is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's extraordinary to think of, and that's the way it's going to be for, for a little while. So it's the place to be. So I'd imagine the bigger risk would be another Premier League club coming in for him. Mm. Um, do you think that the standard of his performances would be worthy of, uh, of of such?
1: Well, at the weekend, who did we beat at the weekend? Uh, Leicester. And I tweeted that him and Aurier were as good a pairing in the Premier League as anyone, including... Trippier and Byrne and White and Dinchenko at the moment, just on current form over a yeah. six- to eight-week period. So, I mean, if he can do this consistently, then I, I don't see why the top four wouldn't be looking at him, given his age profile.
0: Is, is the Paraguayan lad still with you, or Herder?
1: He's uh, Yes, he's on loan back in um, South America, and we've got Aguilera as well, as well. Uh, Or did uh, Ojeda, did he go to Real Salt Lake or something like that? He's still with us, yeah, but he's nowhere near the first team and Aguilera as well. Yeah, so
0: Ojeda didn't didn't really come off then?
1: uh, It's very difficult in a championship, isn't it? I mean, that's even more frenetic than the Premier League, really. I think he was bought as more of a a project and the the Forest project accelerated to get promoted last season. Mm -hmm. So he might be one that needs a couple of years, but now... Forrester moving forwards rapidly I mean obviously danilo is a big upgrade on a Hader, and yeah hopefully what we've already got in that defensive midfield area so I'm not sure if that one comes off long term or not what do you what, do you think he's got talent
0: I think he's a good Paraguayan midfielder but I, I, I wouldn't it it would be a surprise to me if he was a uh, if he was to have a great impact on the Premier League.
1: Hmm.
0: I, don't, no. I, don't, I don't see him busy and all right, but I don't, I don't think there's anything really outstanding about him. Danilo, hmm. I've got high hopes of. And Do you think Danilo will, will go straight in? What do you think they will do with him?
1: Well, they're quite injury-ravaged. I mean, Ryan Yates, who's been our best midfielder, is out with concussion protocols at the moment. So there is potentially a chance he could even start... This weekend, I suspect he'll be on the bench and Jack Colback will start. But he's really... Because Cech Kriate was the defensive midfielder and he got injured during the World Cup. So there's a real vacancy to quickly get him in, Danilo in, just as they got Scarper in quickly. So I would think within two or three games, he'll be he'll be a regular and he'll get his chance. And Forrest will hope he's a Bruno Guimaraes-type signing that really flies from the off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, means, Bruno would come through France and he'd, he'd been yeah, through problems in France. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't hadn't, hadn't always been easy for him in France. So he 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 got those teething problems out out the way before coming. This is mm. this is the downside of bringing him straight in from from Brazil. The upside mm. is that he's still only 21. So there's uh, there's all that time in in front of him. So you'll get good years out of him. Um if he does really well, you you may well make make a make a bundle of money on on him selling selling him on. I like mm. him a lot and I think that dynamism is is, uh, will stand him in good stead in the Premier League.
1: Mm. Well, it's been great to get your insight. Uh, now I've kept you even longer than I uh, suggested. So thank you very much for that. Just to say to people, if you liked it, uh, do give us a like and subscribe. There's a couple of bits of transfer news as well. Forrester are interested in Kalen Nabas, and their set sign Chris Wood on loan from Newcastle. Retire a one-year out for a couple of months. Uh, personally, I think it's a good deal. It's not gone down very well, but I think it's the kind of signing that that works. You might not get many goals, but he's a known quantity. And as we've been talking about Danilo, not every signing can be an unknown quantity for me. So I'll be quite happy with that one. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for your time. Very much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you. And thanks very much, everyone. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend. And we shall see you on Monday.